and Miss Janet's going to come. We've known, can I say a few things about you, Miss Janet, that we've known. <laughs> You're just honorary. This is yours. For, wait, well, I'm going to wait till I say something. No, I'm just joking. But we've known Miss Janet for quite some time. And uh, we're so excited that uh, she's fellowshipping with us. And we, we graduated, we all graduated from Rhema together. And Rhema is simply a Bible college in, in Oklahoma. And we had a wonderful time. In fact, uh, when we were there and we all fellowship, we got to hang out and ushering and serving the Lord. And so it's a wonderful time. So when we came to, to Gainesville, we called her up. We said, hey, you know what, we want to come and we want to partner and hang out. Is that okay? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, uh, sometimes people are territorial. You understand? No, not, not her. I said people. Okay, and so what's so wonderful about she says, no, pastor, come on. There's so many people. There's so many of us. Come on, because you know what? What's neat about this? There's so many people that we can minister to and be a blessing to. Can you say amen to that? So, so I just wanted to say that caveat that when we came in the first time I came to Gainesville, can I be honest with you? The first time I came to Gainesville, I did not like it. Okay, see, but and you know one of the reasons why because. I was thinking, maybe I was thinking, I wasn't really connecting like I, you know, should be connecting. And I just, you know what I'm saying? Just who knows? But my wife, she loved it. Now, guys, can I talk to the men here? When your wives love something and when they're like, let's do this, listen. Especially when the Lord is involved. Mike, no, I'm just joking, man. But all I'm saying is listen because you know what? We went back. Now, this is so important. I'm telling you about vision. I'm telling you, I'm sharing with you about vision today because we went back to Clovis, New Mexico because you know what? The reason why we went back there because, you know, we just, you know, it just didn't get that green light yet. So when we went back, you always go back to where you were before you left. And when we did that, we said, okay, Lord, where would you have us to be? Where would you have us to go? And we prayed. And then we said, well, then let's go back. And when we came back, we've got to hang out with Janet. And she took us all around the city, giving us vision. I mean, come on. What about, she's showing us, what about this and what about that? We're like, oh, man, praise God. And then, lo and behold, here she is. Come on, hanging out together. Praise God. Well, we've shared a little bit earlier and, and, uh, and some things upon her heart we wanted to share. And she, I, she shared with me, and I'm like, absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and give you, uh, give you the floor. Praise God. All right. Pastor probably didn't really exactly realize it, but his little exhortation out of Kings this morning kind of set us up. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that interesting? Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> so anyway, all right. So when, when I really just have something rolling around on the inside of me since we attended that first group meeting that Pastor's been announcing, the, the meeting where the four churches are getting together. So um, I, I went, you know, a bunch of us went, and um, the Lord started just rolling something around on the inside at, for, since that time, and, and um, so I wanted to kind of share that with you. So if you'll please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 15, we're going to go there in a second, but um, how many of us know that God gives each one of us individually wisdom and direction, vision for our own lives, Right? You know, and the good thing is um, he does that for us individually. He cares about you as an individual, and he's got a plan for your life, and he wants you on track for what he has something really special that only you can do, and you're going to do it together with the Lord. It's just so awesome partnering with God. 
But you know, sometimes we have a tendency, uh, and this is the church at large, not, not you individually or us individually, but the church at large has a tendency to look at that very individualistically as if God's going to use you independently from the body of Christ. And the interesting thing is most of the time as we go forward in the things of God and uh, God's going to plant us in a local church where you'll be cared for, you'll be loved and protected, you'll be taught, and you'll serve. And it's as we hook up there, a lot of times is when God starts showing you that individual plan for your life. Not that you're necessarily ever going to be a pulpit minister, but sometimes as you just hook up, you, you, you just are in the right place at the right time and God launches you from one thing to another and your pastors are there to help you, support you, protect you. If you start going crazy, how many of you feel like it's really wise that if you think, I think I really should do this, but let me just run it by someone and make sure I'm not crazy. I, I mean, I've done that. I've sat across from Betty and said, I'm going to do this. Do you think I'm crazy? She burst out laughing but I was serious. I was like, you know, I don't want to do crazy stuff. I, you know, I want to be on board. And it's so, so a lot of times our plan, God's individual plan for you is intertwined with God's plan for the church. He will show you and direct you in your own life. And he's going to show and direct pastor the plan for uh, Faith Christian Family Church. He's going to give him direction, and as we hook up with his vision, we as a church have a plan as well. He taught us on church vision. He gave us his mission statement. He taught us all kinds of cool stuff, and we all were like, you know, for the most part, as he was teaching that, how many of you remember when he taught a lot of Sundays on where we're going as a church, and, you know, he, we want evangelism, and we want to grow individually in these various things. Well, um, as we hook up with pastor, we're going to go forward. So the real question in most of our minds is, it's not that we don't want to look up, hook up with him. It's like we don't exactly know how. What does that mean? What does that look like in your everyday life? How do you hook up with the vision of Faith Christian Family Church? And I want to show you this. This is one of the ways that the Lord leads and guides you, both individually and pastor is going to get direction for the church. And as we hook up with him, the church has a job in this community to do. And he can't do it alone. It's a church job. And we're not exactly sure what that is because God's going to show us as we go. But there's always that first step. So let's look at um, in Acts. And I want to just kind of show you a principle here that as we start that first step, we're going to get more and more. We're going to use Silas as an example. And in this section, we're going to start at um, Acts 15. But let me just give you a little bit of background of where we are in this chapter. This is the Jerusalem Council. The church was, it was like a relatively new thing. They were all Jewish before this. Now they're Christians. They don't really understand everything. So it was a huge, big issue whether Gentiles had to be circumcised or not. Huge. That was like because in the old covenant, that was the sign of the covenant. So not getting circumcised meant you had no part of the covenant. So that was a big deal. So they had to understand that now there's a new covenant. And that wasn't really clear in the church at that time. And so that's what this whole thing was about. 
Peter and Barnabas, I mean, uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas were saying, not necessary for the Gentiles to be circumcised. It's only a sign of what God's doing. It's not how you get into heaven. So they were trying to explain this. So they all got together in Jerusalem, and these were the heavy hitters of the church of the day, Paul and Barnabas, Peter, James. James was the pastor there, and they got together with all the muckety-mucks, and they had a council, okay? And so they're discussing all this stuff. So they brought their various sides, and they got into discussion and debate and blah, blah, blah. Finally, at the end of it, they came to the realization Gentiles don't have to be circumcised because it's, that was the old covenant and it, this is the new covenant. So they sent a letter to Antioch, which was the big church there, and they sent it by Paul and Barnabas, and they sent it um, with Silas and another brother there that was uh, named Judas. So those two guys, Silas is who we're focusing on here. Silas accompanies Paul and Barnabas. He was already a leader in the church, and they sent him along to kind of put in his two cents and say, yes, this is what happened at the Council of Jer uh, in Jerusalem and whatever. And so let's start reading at verse 30. So when now this is where Antioch, I mean, uh, Jerusalem is sending them out into Antioch, and it says, so when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Woohoo! Gentiles don't have to get uh, circumcised. I'd be happy too. Okay, so um, now Judas and Silas themselves, being prophets, also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So Judas and Silas, they, it sounds to me like maybe they have a series of meetings or something, but they all they present the the, uh, the uh, letter, they tell what happened, they preach, they talk, they have a great old time. Now, um, Judas and Silas themselves being prophets exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And then after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. So they're done with their job. Thank you. We had a wonderful time. You guys can go on back to Jerusalem now. Here's what happens. Now, this is the significant part for Silas. However, and if you underline or mark in your Bible, this is a very good phrase because you can use this in your own life. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. It seemed good. He got that little, it, this just seems right. Okay, you know, that is a very significant way for the Holy Ghost to lead and guide you. It just seems right. You know, a lot of times we're looking for spectacular. We want an angel to drop from the ceiling and yell, stay in, you know, in Antioch, do not move. The, you know, we want something really spectacular. That, that isn't necessarily how God does it. Never have I had any kind of experience like that. It's always just, it, you know, it seems right. There's other ways to be led, but I'm just saying this is a very scriptural way for you to be led. It seems right, okay? Um, so Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of God with many others. And Silas hung around. And look at this in verse 36. Then after some days. So here's the deal. Silas hung around not knowing what he was doing there. He just hung around because it seemed good. So people are like, hey, Silas, when are you going to go? Mm, not sure. Just don't know yet. Hanging around. I 
don't have the 10-year plan? You know, you know what I'm saying here? He, he, just, he just got the next step. He just got the next step. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to yield to the next step. You want the 10-year plan. Like, why am I hanging out here, God? If you don't tell me, I'm not staying. You need to have a plan here. That's what smart people do. They have a 10-year plan. You know, some, but sometimes so, you've got to take the next step. You just do what seems right, and then what happened? So now what happened was Paul and uh, Barnabas had a falling out, and it got so sharp that they actually went in two different directions. And so um, it says in verse 40, uh, well, actually, let's back up one. In verse 39, uh, the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another, and Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren and the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia and strengthened the churches. So Silas was in the right place at the right time. He was hanging around until such a time as Paul was looking for a ministerial partner. If he had gone on back to Antioch, he would not, I mean to Jerusalem, I'm sorry, he would not have been there. He would not have been available. Sometimes we need to just do the next step and then God opens the door and you just step right into it because you're in the right place at the right time. But you don't end up in the right place at the right time if you won't do the first step. It doesn't have to be a spectacular step. It was a small step. It was just hang around. It was probably fun for him to hang around. It felt like a vacation. And then here's that. Here's the scenario on that. So he's sightseeing all through the city thinking, I'm just hanging out like I feel like it's good. And his mind's going, you lazy, you should be working. You lazy, you should be knowing what, you know what I'm saying? But, but it seemed right, that's what he did. And so small steps of obedience. So how does this fit into the plan? So pastor's the one who's going to get direction for our church. And as we get in on the plan in small steps, we're going to get to where we're going. So the small steps, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm, I'm all on board with what, this is where we're going with this. Hook up with the pastors, get on board, and let's watch Faith Christian Family Church go wherever it's supposed to go. So how do we hook up? Well, he's invited us to three more of the four meetings, and he's been promoting it every, you know, every week. He said, you know, come on out, that this is what we are doing. Yes, he can do it without us, but you know, if you're a preacher, you love your people that make you really proud when they show up. You know, oh, that's my, do you see this group? That's them, they're mine. You know, that, <laughs> that's, and it doesn't. It's nice to have an amen corner when you're there with four other, or three other churches or whatever. Who knows? I don't know if every meeting's going to bless you. It doesn't matter. We're going because pastor asked us to. And, and, you know, and I'm not saying stay home from work or you're missing God to, as much as you can. It's not time to be sitting on the couch that Thursday night watching your favorite show saying, I don't really do Thursday nights, you know. Well, he doesn't, you know, the pastor doesn't ask very much of us, right? He really doesn't. He doesn't ask us for very much. But the things that he does ask us for, good to do them. You know what the other thing is? He's all excited about the food bringing in the food. We brought in 100 pounds. He thanked us. That's really good. It's a small thing. It would be very easy for us to say, mm, my grocery budget's tight. 
you know, it would be easy to, to blow off the small things, or we could just get on board and just do the small things that he asks us to do. They're, they're small things, but they're steps. Who knows if these are, and I'm not saying this is the case, that we're just imagining this scenario. Who knows if by bringing food over to the Salvation Army, that won't open a door for, you know, the church to have some other opportunity that will take us, you know, somewhere or do something or, or help people. I mean, we don't know. But I do know if Silas hadn't have done the first step, he wouldn't have been in the right place at the right time. And so uh, this is true on your ind- in your individual life. If God tells you a small thing, either cut this out of your life or add this into your life or, you know, any sort of thing like that, you could blow it off and say, Lord, I know you talked to me about uh, not watching so much TV, but mm, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. Well, evidently it was big enough of a deal for him. So I'm just saying, in your, in your personal life, you can, you can take the small steps and also in your, um, in your uh, church life. And so just in conclusion with, with uh, this, I want to just say this is what it looks like. When you say, how do I hook up with, with the vision of this church and with the pastor? When he asks us to do stuff, it's not, this is not super spiritual. But this is what obedience looks like. It's just do, do the small stuff. doesn't have to be spectacular, but you'll be in on whatever it is that we as a church are doing. Praise God. Amen. Let's let her know how much we appreciate Ms. Janet for her exhortation. Praise God.